Blog Talk Radio. We're going live on the Mitchell Family Reality Show. Uh, the Mitchell Family Radio Show, Radio Station on Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> Welcome everybody's tuning in to the Mitchell Family Radio Station. You're going to listen to a live uh, interview on the Mitchell Family um, uh on the YouTube channel, on the Mitchell Family Reality Show TV YouTube channel. We'll be doing an interview with an ex-pro wrestler. And I'm just waiting for him to come in. Hopefully we can get him in here before the time runs out. So let's enjoy. Have a great time. And everybody, please smash that like button. I want to thank everybody for being here. And our guest has just arrived. Mr. Cool himself. What's going on, Mr. Cool? Doing all right, man. <clears throat> um, so, ladies and gentlemen, the question is, is about Mr. Cool. This interview is about Mr. Cool. And we're going to learn a lot about this man. Like we have with every other YouTuber that you watch that I have done interview with. Mr. Cool, so let's start off and say thank you for being here on the Mitchell Family Reality Show TV. Glad to have you. It really is. It's a, it's a great thing to have you. Um, so before you got it in YouTube, what was you doing with your life before you got it, before you became a YouTuber? Well, before I was in it, I was... Uh... My dream was always about 10 years old. I wanted to get into professional wrestling. That was my dream when I was about 10 years old. And, uh, and I had people, family, friends, people told me that they didn't, you know, they don't think I can ever succeed in that, you know. And uh, I put my mind to it. And I said, well, I'm determined. I wanted to do this for myself, not for, you know, anybody else, but myself first, you know. Prove that I can do it, you know. And when you have doubters, you know, it's not, to me, it's like haters, but you have doubters, too, you know, that doubt that you can do it. And uh, so I put my mind to it. And uh, an opportunity, uh, um, you know, it, it was hard in the beginning. I mean, um, when you're uh, 10 years old and you're always having dreamed to be, if it's a movie star or a football star, whatever it may be in sports or entertainment, you're, you're always going to have people putting you down. But, you know, I never stopped. I kept going. Uh, I strived to be trying to be the best I can be, and uh, and you know that 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 was that was the beginning. What got me um, started to to do what I wanted to do in professional wrestling. You know, how long have you been in professional wrestling? I was in it for about twelve years. Um, I actually retired back in two thousand seven. Um, there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, that I didn't like in the business. So I kind of stepped away from it. I mean, I still love it. I mean, even today, if I had to go back to part-time or something, I would do it in a heartbeat because it's part of my life. You know, and, uh, and I, you know, I worked, you know, and I started out, you know, I, I, I wasn't, like, handed down to me, you know. I worked my butt off to get where I was at. Uh, actually, I, I started putting up wrestling rings. That's where, uh, actually, I done my training, you know, and the ring stuff and do it, putting up the ring. I always hear the same from some legends of wrestling a lot of the old time.
Hammer guys, that, you know, Alex Baker, Abdul the Booster, all these guys, always heard when you put up a ring, you know all four corners of that ring. Because you know the experience, you know how it feels, and you know, it's, a, it's, just a, it's something to me when you do it, you've accomplished something, did you? The next step is getting into the ring. So you, you put up the ring, now you're in the ring. And that, that makes a whole lot of difference. It does. <clears throat> so you've traveled around the world, I, I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah, I traveled uh, over place. Um, I traveled a lot to in the United States, uh, from uh, Wyoming to Montana. Uh, down to the East Coast. Um, so tell us some names that you've worked with or managed? There's a story, I'm going to tell a little story how I actually got into the business, uh, if you don't mind. Um, Please, this is your interview. Okay. Um, actually, when I first got uh, in my hometown, in, I lived in East Kentucky, and uh, there was um, a wrestling promotion uh, called MWA, Mountain Wrestling Association. Uh, the promoter at the time was Dale TNT Man. Uh, he was the promoter at the time. And uh, me and him had a discussion that, you know, uh, he, he thought I was too small, weighed 175 pounds. And uh, said, uh, you know, 175 pounds, I couldn't, you know, he said, well, I can wrestle. And I said, I had to sit down and talk with him. I said, Dale, I want to wrestle. So he tried to get me to be a referee. And I said, Dale, I can't get you referee. And this is a story how I came this before. And I said, I looked at him and said, Mister, that's not nice. Come on. I want to be a wrestler. And, and then I kept falling. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you become a wrestling manager. And I looked at him and said, Dale, that's cool. And that's how Mr. Cool actually came to name, Mr. Cool. I called Mister, and at the end, I got uh, got into be a manager, and I said, "That one, that's cool." So Mister Cool came together as Mister Cool, and that was how I got my ring name. And then finally got uh, get in, you know, managed a lot. Uh, I managed a lot of stars. I started down managing a bunch of uh, Dog Spot, which was WWE tag team champion at one time in WWE. It was WWF back then, um, and then. Also managed Abdul Butcher, uh, well known the NWA. Um, also done shows with a lot of managed uh, Nature Boy Bayland. Uh, done also shows with uh, the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express. Um, done a little bit of the Smoky Mountain, a little bit too, Jim Cornette one time. Uh, this day long, but uh, I was there a little bit. And then I kind of went around to you know, different organizations. Yeah, Ricky Morton is, is one of my one of my friends. Yeah, Ricky's good. Um, you know, we have traveled a lot down to down Bowling Green, Kentucky, to being down there. And uh, I'll never forget when we was uh, on the road. His little boy uh, had long hair at the time. His little boy did. And he looked at his dad and said, "When well, Dad, when Robert retires, I'll take his place." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, you know. <laughs> so tell us more about your wrestling career. Um, then from that point, you know, then I had opportunity. Uh, I done a show. Uh, 
in Jackson, Kentucky at the National Gun Armory. And it was about, we had a TV tape and it was about 500 people there. And I just, you know, actually one crowd that I had worked with in the beginning. Uh, we also, we had a TV taping. We had uh, Superstar Bill Dundee was there. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, as you know now, is Joe Dust. He was there. Um, and I managed uh, Coco Con, and there was uh, a Texas Outlaw guy I managed. Um, there's a, we had midgets and y'all stuff in the mountain wrestling. And I was with them for about three years and uh, done a lot of travel with them in different places. And we had one show, we supposed to end in Second Singapore and uh, towards Japan. But we had to cancel that. Uh, some happened, I don't know, some got uh, passports or something, stuff or something. And we didn't get to go that trip. But, you know, I have traveled in the United States and did different places. Uh, I've worked not only for Mountain Wrestling, I've worked for uh, 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 ICW Hardcore Championship Wrestling. Uh, worked for them. Uh, and then also I worked for the um, Bluegrass Championship Wrestling. And that's where actually the board, the, back then I was a member, I guess the NWO was very popular back in the 80s and 90s around the, that time or around the 90s probably. Uh, the NWO, that thing. Well, I came over my own with the kid. And it was called the CWO, and it was called the Cool Or. And I had my eight guys, and one of the guys, it's kind of funny because he put you in Vir- uh, Virgil, you know, uh, of the WWE, mm-hmm. of the NWO. I come him Q-Ball. That was his nickname. But he was a white guy. Was, and I had guys that was just like he was, you know, Kevin Ash or Scott Hall. And they had different names, you know, big, uh, the promoter and owner, uh, Big Daddy Vingas, he was actually... Uh, my Kevin Nash a little bit, you know, he had this reputation and but there was about eight, eight, twenty eight or ten all of us and it, it run good, but the thing was we first started off, it was you know, we supposed to be bad guys in here, people was cheering for us. And they wanted our T shirts you know, it, 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 it been the opposite of what we thought it was supposed to be and it, it was real popular. When we come out they wanted us to beat up the the good guys all the time. They they didn't you know, they was rooting for us to beat them up, you know. Mm-hmm. It ran real well, and uh, you know, and it ran, and it ran its time, you know. And we had colleagues with um, the the uh, the right, you know, the gang, whatever you want to call it, group. We had that, but we ran it pretty. It was made them real good. I mean, draw a lot of crowds in different towns and stuff. But you know, that was part of that. And I, you know, like I said, back in mountain wrestling, I did manage tag team champions. Uh, I was a former junior heavyweight champion at one time. Um, I didn't get kicked out of about two weeks. <laughs> That's a short lived for me. But I did manage the tag team champions, uh, you know, the Living Terrors, that was their name at the time. Um, I did travel with a lot of Ricky Morton, like I said, and them. Uh, uh, traveled with Cousin Junior, a former WWE, uh, you know, star at one time. And I met, I met Ox Baker, I managed him one time, Ox Baker. He's a, a legend back then. Uh, and Ronnie Garden, you know, having saw Ronnie Garden. Uh, and good, I was a good friend with Pistol Ped Wally. Remember him? Mm-hmm. I was a good friend with him, and I met him. Um, he, was, uh, he worked uh, down in WCW Power Plant. He was down there a lot. So, you know, it was, it was fun traveling. I got to live in my dream. You know, I might not have made to the W, I mean, to, to be on the washers with WWE and, and all them. But, you know, just to work with these guys that, you know, former WWE stars or Impact wrestlers or, or ROH or maybe, 
what is the what is the bad baddest part of professional wrestling that the wrestling fans don't know about behind scenes? Well, the, there's a, a lot of things that goes on in the back. Um, first of all, there's a lot of guys uh, try to backstab each other in the business. Um, it's, you know, when they kind of, you know, supposedly want to take you out of your wing and try to help you, and they tell you that they would, but they do the opposite of that. I mean, they, they a lot of times these guys, a lot of guys, um, I won't use the names, but due uh, to the business, but I will say there's some big names, and they're just surprised who the big names are. And so Donna would help you just to just look at, you know, and give you advice or something. But now what you have to be in the business that the smaller stars that actually is not as big as the smaller stars actually have a little bit more than what the bigger stars do, you know. Mm-hmm. And they try to help you along the way and, and tell you the thing. And the biggest thing uh, is all along the way. about the steroids in professional wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> 
been Hulk Hogan had testified, and that's what really stayed put going uh, due to the start the, the scandal of it. And that's what I'm trying to say. You don't know what you see. Like on TV, you see totally, you know, wrestling, action, where it may be on their background. You know, a lot of the people don't see what's going on with that. Backstabbing, drugs, you know, steroid use. I mean, you see some of these guys are pumped up. I mean, naturally, all these guys don't do is naturally stuff. There's always, you know, something to do with steroids that pumped them on, something beast that they are, you know. And there's a lot of the guys that I met over the years that have done that, and uh, I don't expose that part, but but they it's said that you, they have to turn that weight. Well, they got natural weight there that they can just lift and, and build their muscles up. Take the, at least take the protein stuff, and I have to do all that stuff. Uh, I know there's been some wrestlers that came to the ring drunk. <clears throat> Tell us, have you ever experienced that? Have you ever met Benoit? Not only did it have to do with the drugs too, it was due to that. 
Do you have any videos that we can share right now here of your wrestling career? I don't have mine right now with me right now. I got national stories right now, but I do. Uh, I get a chance to talk about the show and that stuff. Um, and they're saying, I'm going to try to switch everything up to DC. And they're saying, now I'm going to be And my tapes are old back in, probably in the, you know, I think it's the 80s. And then I have you ever met Roddy Piper? So what year did you get out of pro wrestling? 